before fantasy there was sports betting this is your sports podcast for sports talk betting culture analysis news reactions fantasy and more Uh, it's march 12th and today we are going to be looking at pretty much just the atp men's in rome Uh, there's some good nba there's some good mlb but bets that i'm looking at is just in tennis today I did see that a lot of people got some really good lines in the NBA tonight uh, because AD and LeBron were not uh, recorded as being out. And when they were announced as out, the line dropped by a lot. So if you got that, congrats. But if not, we are looking at tennis today. Uh, I am actually looking at the first three matches of the day and then one of the last matches. The first match is... Djokovic versus Fokina. Uh, Djokovic, number one in the world. Fokina, absolute young, up-and-coming stud. I originally was leaning uh, Fokina plus five on this, um, but I am now looking at Djokovic minus five. Djokovic has not been completely in form if you look at his last two tournaments. Monte Carlo, he beat Sinner who is a great player, uh, young up-and-comer, 19 years old, covered the spread against Nadal today. Uh, he was plus five in this match, and he covered. He covered center by, looks like he, six, so just by one. But looked off the whole match. Uh, 65% first serve, which is actually has been good for him compared to uh, future matchups after this. Uh, and it showed because the next matchup was against Dan Evans. And he only served first serve of 57%, lost in straight sets. Uh, he had three break points in that game and lost in straight sets. Dan Evans broke his serve five times in two sets. That is absolutely bonkers. Dan Evans is nowhere close the player that Djokovic is. Uh, I don't know if his post getting off cocaine uh, rehab is like, yeah, maybe he found God or something. I don't know because breaking Djokovic's serve five times uh, it is it, on clay is ridiculous. I haven't seen him known as a clay player, even pre cocaine. Uh, so he's been, he's been out of form. He then goes over to ATP 250 in Serbia. Uh, his, uh, has a cake matchup in the beginning against a Korean guy. I don't even know. Uh, second round, uh, Kikmanovic, good player, smokes him six one six three. I'm like, okay, he's back in form. Still only served sixty percent in that match, uh, so slightly better than against Dan Evans, but nothing really to write home about. He then goes against Aslan Karastev, and. It is one of the most grueling matches I have seen. Absolutely three sets, nail-biter the whole time. Five for 28. Djokovic is five for 28 on break points. 28 break points. That is truly insane to have 28 break points in a match. And he loses because Aslan was six for 16. So many breaks in this. And this was a crazy match because 
First serve for Djokovic was 91%. First serve for Aslan was 95%. They were getting those first serves in. They just weren't winning off of them. Both just barely above 50% win on first serve. 5 for 28 on break. Crazy. So he's been, um, he's been off. Off for him. This was any other player. You're looking at these, his past three tournaments. You're like, oh, this guy's in good form. But off for Djokovic. So now we're in Italy. ATP 1000. He's the defending champ. This is a big tournament. It's in Rome. There's no fans, but all eyes are on this tournament in the tennis world. First matchup. Fritz, a guy that he has smoked in head-to-head competitions every time they have been out. He smokes in the first set, goes to tiebreaker the second. Doesn't cover. I bet the plus four on that. Luckily, it was a break, uh, a push. He uh, beat him by four, so I got a push on that bet. Uh, Fritz uh, opened at a plus five, actually. So uh, depending on where you got that line, you actually might have won. I got the push. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe still a little off in form, but he has to just be trending towards better um, to get into form here. So now it's tomorrow. He's the opening matchup on center court against Fokina. I'm a big fan of Fokina. Again, he's 21 years old. He's kind of new to the scene. I think this is just going to be too big of a stage for him. Even Djokovic not playing as Djokovic always does. I see this as being, at the very least, a push. A nice, clean, holding serve, early break, both sets, 6-3, 6-4, which is a, would be a five-game push. Gets one extra break, and we're looking at a win. I, I see it as being too big of a stage for Fokina, who... We'll go through some of his matches here. He He's beat big guys, but he hasn't beat guys like Djokovic. He hasn't even beat guys like Berrettini. Uh, he, I will try to find to see if he has beat a top 10. I don't think he has beat a top 10. Uh, he faced Medvedev uh, in Madrid. He won that first set. He took it. Uh, ended up losing by four games. Uh I don't remember what the line was on that, if he covered or not. Estero, he had a good run. But I'm looking at it right now, no top 10 guys. Barcelona loses the public in the first, uh, first round. There's no shame there. Public is one of those weird players who uh, in, in one match could look as good as a top 10 guy, but then can also look like a guy outside the top 100. Monte Carlo. This was Fokina's um, pretty good run because he did open it up beating Berrettini. And I know I just said he doesn't even have the ability to beat guys like Berrettini. But this was Berrettini's first singles match back from injury. He, uh, believe his match, his last match before that was the Australian Open. He was injured. He just didn't look himself. He didn't... I. I, I I'm being a couch uh, psychiatrist here watching TV, but he didn't really even look like he wanted to win it. In my opinion, it looked like he was using this as a match to get his sea legs under him. Um, That's just my opinion. And if you look at Berrettini, 
from that match on, he has only lost one match on clay. And that was in the finals in Madrid against Alexander. Um, and it was a close match. He won the first set, and then it was uh, just one break, uh, set two and three. So Berrettini's looking like a different player from Fokina. So I know Fokina, I just said, he can't beat a guy like Berrettini when he literally beat a guy like Berrettini exactly one month ago to the day. But Berrettini was not himself. So I see this as being a young up-and-comer facing Djokovic, who might not be in his perfect form, but will not rise to the occasion. He's also coming off of one, two, three, four matches. This is his fifth match. He has to be fatigued. Djokovic is coming off of one match. So fatigue's a factor. First time to the show's a factor. Djokovic, minus five. I already bet this. Um, I think I got it at plus money. I got it at plus 105, actually. Which means it's probably moved to four and a half, which would be amazing. If you can get this at four and a half, I definitely would say bet that because that's just uh, a nice clean match. Early break, hold sets, or hold serves, 6-3, 6-4, any cover. I got it at plus money, so I'm cool with that. I got it at plus 105, but I can see this being a push really easily. But uh, I'm just liking it. Thinking it's too big of a spot for the uh, young Spaniard. Uh, the next match Aslan Karstev versus Opelka. Opelka is a six foot eleven, two hundred and thirty pound lumbering fucking idiot. He is the most boring person in tennis to watch. That is above. Isner, who is the second most boring person in tennis to watch. This guy is the definition of a serve bot. He is 23 years old, and the man's knees look rickety as if he is 45. This man cannot move on the court. He is not going to be able to take a single service off of Aslan. His only hope is to push it to... All right, sorry about that, guys. Uh, there's going to be a weird little voice edit here. My wife kept repeatedly calling me, even though I ignored it four times on my phone, uh, as if there was some sort of life and death emergency. Turned out she was calling me to find out if her phone was going through or if I was hanging up on her. So I guess she got the answer. I was hanging up. Uh, but that little mess, that messed things up here. So we were, I think we were just mocking Opelka. Oh, we're saying how Musetti can't handle big serves. So, yeah, pro tip. If Musetti is going against a big server, especially on one of the smaller side courts, bet against them. Opelka, all he can do is serve. Karastev, elite return game. Uh, we saw it against Djokovic when he had six breaks. Djokovic had five in that game. He's also a guy who does not give up. He fights for every goddamn point out there. Again, we saw that in the Djokovic match. Djokovic was 5 for 28 on breaks. Such an insane stat. The fact that Aslan would not give up, and every single time that he got that break point in a deuce, he always fought back and got and 
brought it back to Deuce and eventually won won it more times than Djokovic, you know, broke him more than Djokovic can break him back. So I like I like uh Karasev minus three. Minus three are tough lines against serve bots because so often the better player just wins by two. Goes to tiebreak, in tiebreak they pull it through. Just what happens. But Opelka is not an elite serve bot. He is a bum of a serve bot. We're going to go to Madrid. Loses. 6-4-6-4. That covers. Go to Miami. Loses. 6-4-6-2. That would cover three. Loses to Nishikori. Wins the first set 6-3. Loses the second set 6-3. Loses the third set 6-4. That one he covered. Qatar. That's doubles. Go to singles here. Uh, Agut. Probably saying that wrong. Batista Agut. Wins the first set again. 6-4. Wins the second. Or loses the second. uh, 6-3. Wins. uh, Loses the third. 6-4. So that would be a minus three. That would be a push. Agut's also not good at surf bots. He just lost to Isner. Kind of looked like a fool in that match. Uh, He always goes three. He always goes through with Servbots. Uh, bet the over one. He's go, uh, Batista is going against Servbots. Uh, here, here's a classic match. ATP, Rotterdam. Tiebreak, tiebreak, tiebreak. Loses in tiebreak. Pretty classic. Australian Open. Uh, against Fritz. Again, this is pretty classic. Wins 6-4, loses in tiebreak, wins in tiebreak, loses in tiebreak. Fifth set, big goofy six foot eleven, lumbering, bumbling fool, can't take it anymore, loses 6-2. So he's not a good serve bot, which is why an elite returner such as Oslin, I think is going to make easy work of this. He only needs to break them once each set to uh, to win this for me. And I just think he's going to be able to do that. Especially when I look at Opelka's first serve percentage. 64% against Musetti. That's not that good. Uh, Aslan is going to eat up this guy's second serve. I'm sure Opelka knows this, and he knows that he can't uh, scramble or rally in any sort of way. And he might just shoot his first serve both times. That's what I would do if I was him. But um, Aslan's going to eat up the second serve. Match before that in the qualifiers. Shot shot a 72% first serve. Pretty darn good. Uh, last in Madrid, shot a 76. Okay, so, but he lost that, 6-4, 6-4. So even when he's shooting pretty good, 76%, he's losing these handedly. Musetti just can't handle big serves. So I think his clear, decisive win over a player who is clearly better than him in Lorenzo Musetti has more to do with Musetti's Musetti's inability to beat serve bots than Opelka's ability to pull through close matches. So because of that, Kirasev, minus three. I already bet this one as well. Those are my only two bets I have so far. Everything else I'm just thinking about.
Uh, so I have two more matches here. The next one is my boy Matteo Berrettini versus another one of my favorites, Stefanos Tsitsipas. <laughs> what a what a shitty matchup for those two boys. Um, these other guys get to face, you know, overrated guys such as Delbanas. I don't even know, however you say his name. Like, Karasev gets to face Opelka. And Peratini and Stefanos need to go against each other in the round of 16. This is like a final right here. Poor dudes. Uh, so this is gonna be this is gonna be a good match. Berrettini always plays these matches close, but I just he seems to he seems to lose to the Stefanoses and the Alexanders of the world. Uh, he just lost to Alexander in the finals of the Madrid Open. Um, he's not. He, I I do think he's one hundred percent to health, but I just think he. For whatever reason, can't pull it out fully against the guys who are just a little bit better than him in the Stefanoses and Alexanders. He has a big serve, and his serve is going to win him games. He's a, he has a good volley. He moves well for a dude who's 6'5", but he doesn't move as well as Stefanos. Doesn't move as well as um, Alexander, which is why he always loses to these guys. Um, that's going to be, I'm going to keep this simple. That's my whole analysis for it, is in close matches against the guys who are just a little bit better than him, he needs that guy to mess up to win. If they are both playing their C game, Stefanos wins. If they're both on their B game, Stefanos wins. If they're both on their A game, Stefanos wins. If Stefanos is on his game one step below Matteo, then Berrettini's going to win. Berrettini's on his A or B game and Stefanos is on his B or C game. Berrettini's going to win. I just see Stefanos as being on his A game simply because he's been on his A game since Mexico. He lost Mexico to who? Alexander. Uh, yeah, I would say since... I mean, he made the semifinals um, in ATP Rotterdam. Lost to uh, another elite dude in Rulev. So... He's really been on his A game, and he made the semifinals in Australia. So, and he lost to uh, Medvedev. So he only loses to elite guys, and he only loses in big spots. He he's been on since the Australian Open. He's going to be on tomorrow, uh, and he's going to be on his A game. And I think Berrettini's going to be on his A game, and I think he, I think he just pulls it out. The problem with it is uh, DraftKings Sportsbooks right now has Stefanos as minus 215. And I really don't like those odds. I do not want to bet that. So even though I think Stefanos should win, minus 215 is really shitty. Plus 190 on Berrettini actually sounds better to me than that minus 215. So I thought the odds were actually going to be closer than that. Um Check out the uh, set spread. Where's the spread? The site I'm on right now sucks. They're not showing me the spread. So with a, with, with a odds like that, I'm assuming the spread's like minus two. I hate betting those minus twos. At least give me a two and a half so I can get a win on 
a really close match. Uh, I feel like they push a lot, or it's just a good way to get better odds on Stefanos. Um, at plus 190, I actually like that bet slightly better than the minus 215 on Stefanos, even though I'm very confident Stefanos will win. I just don't like that minus 215. Um, in that chance that Stefanos is on his B game and Berrettini's on his A game. So I would look to bet the, if there is a minus two on Stefanos, I would uh, look to bet that. Maybe a minus uh, two and a half. I'm going to check the spread really quick on a different app. I'm not sure why this app isn't showing it. We got, oh, it's three. It's at three. Stefanos, minus three at plus 105. Berrettini, minus 20 at plus three. So, yeah, that makes sense. It's right around there, the minus two, the minus three. I would I would want Stefanos at minus two. That's what I would want to bet. If you can get that around minus 125, I would go for that. Um, but maybe, maybe if you're looking for an over or a Berrettini, uh, plus one and a half sets because you want to get the win on a three set match. Those would be kind of the angles I'm looking at. Don't have a bet on this one yet. All right. Final match of the day. Agut versus Rublev. I absolutely love Andre Rublev. Even though I say every name wrong, I'm probably pronouncing his name wrong, even though I hear the announcers say it every day. Watch them. I just don't know how to pronounce names. Uh, that's my deficiency. So be it. I bet Rublev literally all the time. It's uh, one of my downfalls. Um, one of the great matches of this year was, where is it, Monte Carlo. Rublev versus Agut. Absolutely such a good match. If you're a tennis fan and just want to enjoy two guys on the, on the court doing their thing beautifully, go back and watch that match. Rublev wins the first match in tie break. Loses the second set 5-7. Wins the third set 6-3. Just an absolute beautiful match. They each had six break points. Rublev was six for 12. Agut was six for nine. Uh, love that match. These guys play close. They always play close. They're going to play close. My boy's going to win, but they always play close. I'm trying to find the odds right now. Where are they? There we go. Minus 175 for Rublev. I, I actually do like that, personally. Um, I do think he is the big favorite to win. I think he's a better favorite to win than Stefanos over Berrettini. I'm going to type in their head-to-heads into atptour.com right now. And we are going to check out... Show head-to-head. Check out... Had here. Six matches, three for three. As you would expect in two guys who, both great guys. One's ranked 11, one ranked 7. Both great on 
play. One, though, is 33, and the other is 23. And I think that the stamina and the fitness of Andre is going to just win this. Uh, Batista Agut has been in a lot of matches. He's been playing every week. He's been going deep every week. He, I think he's going to be tired. And I think Rublev is going to be ready. And his ability to just uh, move people around the court. He's going to fatigue. He's going to fatigue the other guy first. He's not going to fatigue ever because he doesn't fatigue. And he's going to pull out a close win. Also looking here. The wins for Rublev. Two of them were on clay. Both times they faced or faced each other on clay, Rublev has been the winner. That's huge. Even though Agut is a great uh, clay player, Rublev is that much better than him. Uh, this is on clay. The younger guy, the more fit guy, the guy less likely to fatigue. Close match. He's going to win it. Um, going to check the... Lines on it, minus two and a half. I like that better than the money line. Minus two and a half at 105. That's be, that would be what I'm betting. Uh, let's see what the last match was. We got, uh, he did not cover. Oh, no, he did cover. Uh, so, three, four, two, two. No, he didn't cover two and a half. He won by he won by exactly two. I can see that happening again. I can see this going three. But I actually think Rublev is going to look better this time around than he did last time. So, I am strongly leaning the minus two on Rublev. Uh, haven't bet it yet. But I think I'm going to. Probably going to, since the matches are at 4 a.m. my time, I'm going to wake up and see if my Djokovic and uh, Aslan bet win. And if they do win, I'm definitely going to be looking towards betting Rublev first and probably staying away from the Berrettini Stefanos unless I can get a good price on minus two Stefanos. So there we go, boys. That's all I got for ATP Rome. Nothing else today, so uh, good luck betting out there. Till next time.